Hey everyone, welcome to the Promise Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Promise Church. And to see what else is going on around here at Promise, please visit us at mypromisechurch.com. We hope this message you're about to listen to ministers to you and changes your life. Enjoy. this morning. Amen. Amen. The power and the presence of the Almighty is in this place in just a strong, strong way. And what an honor it is for me to be back with you at Promise Church. Always look forward to coming. What a great thing you all have going on. And what a great pastoral team you have here in uh Pastor and Sister Christina, Pastor Ryan and Sister Christina, what a phenomenal job they do. What a phenomenal job they do. I thank God for these folks. You're blessed to have them. Uh, I'm always inspired uh, to be here with them and, and hear their passion and see their vision for this church, this community, this city, and so exciting. And I've been honored. They have honored me by asking me to do the dedication for baby Zion. And I'm real excited about that. Real excited. So I want the family to come right now. And you may be seated. But y'all come stand right here if you don't mind. Come stand right here. All right. I want the grandparents to come. Come on. Family, come stand down here. Uh, we're all a, we're all a part of this. Children uh, are just a a gift from God. Beautiful gift from God. They're they're sunshine and joy, and sometimes problems. All right, they're they're a great responsibility, and as I mentioned, they're a gift that God has given us. And uh, they so often follow our lead. Uh, a man was walking to the corner bar one day. His house was just down the block. And it was a, a snowy day. And he was walking to the corner bar there in Chicago. And he heard his son's voice call out wait up dad and he turned around and he looked and a fresh snow had fallen and the little boy was stepping from footstep to footstep in his footsteps and he said wait up dad I'm following in your footsteps and it gripped that man that day and he turned around wrapped his son up in a hug and never went to the bar again. It had a profound impact on him. There's a, one, of my, one of my favorite poems, and I've got a few favorite poems. Uh, I don't even know who wrote this, but I have been using this for a long time. It's entitled, The Little Chap 
who follows me. A careful parent I want to be. A little fella follows me. I do not dare to go astray for fear he'll go the self-same way. I cannot once escape his eyes. Whatever he sees me do, he tries. Like me, he says, he's going to be this little chap who follows me. He thinks that I'm so very fine, believes in every word of mine. The base in me, he must not see. The little chap who follows me. I must remember as I go through summer, summer and, and winter snow, I'm building for the years to be in the little chap who follows me. And here this morning, we've got three generations of Lloyd standing here. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Ephesians 6 and 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. Deuteronomy 6 and 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul, with all thy might. These words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Now watch this close. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates and God's instructions are plain did I lose this did it go out you still on and God, God's instructions are very plain number one the Bible commands parents to love God and if we truly wish for our children to one day love and follow God, then our lives, and I'm speaking not just to these parents, but to all parents and grandparents, our lives must be an example. Second, Deuteronomy makes clear that the duty of teaching the children belongs to the parents. Now, the church plays a vital role, but make no mistake, the parents must seize every teachable opportunity and moment that arises throughout life. And so it's very, very important, and grandparents are so important in the upbringing of Zion, and these siblings are so important in, in, their, little, in their little brother's life. So here, here's what I want you to do. Pastor uh, Ryan and Sister Christina, if you would respond to the following statements with, we do. Thank you. Pastor Ryan and Sister Christina, do you so promise to love God with every ounce and fiber of your energy and teach Zion to do the same? Do you promise to love God, love one another, and model before Zion and, and all of your children the wonderful love of God in such a way that they want that love in their own life? By coming forward before God and God's people today, do you hereby declare your desire to dedicate not only Zion, 
but dedicate yourselves to the Lord. Do you so desire to walk in the abundant life that Christ offers and vow by God's help in partnership with this church to provide a Christian, loving, godly home for Zion? Do you so vow to raise him in the truth of our Lord's instruction and discipline and encourage him so that he will one day give his heart to Jesus? And finally, I ask the church to make a vow as well. Parents have the very first responsibility, but parents need the help and the support of community. That's very, very important. And so all of you being present here in God's house this morning, do you hereby declare yourselves to be the children of God because you trust in Jesus Christ alone and that you will do your best in helping these parents and all parents uh, raise their children in godly admonition. And would the church say, we do. And don't worry, Mama, he's fine. He's fine, all right? He's, he's good. Get him a bottle, that's it. A passy, whatever works. That's what I always said about mine. Whatever works, let's, let's do it. And, and look, miracles still happen. And so I thank God for him entrusting little Zion into your care. And I know that you're going to be the parents that God wants you to be. And you've pledged today to lead him as you follow Jesus. And so on this particular day, August 20th, 2023, before God and these assembled witnesses, we do dedicate Zion Lloyd to God in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why don't you stand together as we pray? Pastor Ryan, would you just lay your hands on him? There you go. And, and y'all lay your hands together on him, okay? Family, gather around. Father, I'm looking to you right now. As I lay my hands on precious Zion, I know that your mighty hand is on him as it has been on his parents. I thank you for these precious parents, God, and their love for you and for one another that is so readily displayed. I thank you for these precious boys, these grandparents here, and now, God, they have come together as a family. You have given Zion to them, and they are giving him back. And so today, Lord, we ask you to overshadow him all the days of his life. Lead, guide, direct these parents, and lead, guide, and direct Zion's life, God. And be with him and be with this family in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise.
Love y'all. You're welcome. And let's give our pastor and his wife a, a big hand clap of praise right now. God bless you. You may be seated. Again, it is uh, my, my extreme privilege to be with you all today. And uh, my sweetheart called this morning. We were on the way to church. And uh, so she's going to be watching. I'm not sure which service she'll be watching, but she's going to be watching. And uh, I want to I preach to you this morning on this subject. Words create worlds. We could call it miracles still happen. You see, words are so powerful. And if you want a miracle, you need to be very cognizant of the words that are coming out of your mouth. Words have the power to inspire, to encourage, to appreciate, to heal, to turn the impossible into the possible. Uh, words uh, have inspired us to put a man on the moon, to see advancement in racial equality, to heal after our greatest uh, tragedy. Throughout history, words have transformed societies, people, and relationships. And I'm declaring this morning that words can make a difference in your day, a difference in your family, and a difference in your life. Uh, and that's why I praise God. That's why every morning... I get up and throw my hands in the air and begin to praise God for what he has done and what he's going to do. You see, faith-filled words will help pull you through. Fear-filled words will defeat you. Words are some of the most powerful things in the universe. Now watch Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 6 and 2, Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Uh, thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. So I want to ask you, what are you speaking today? Are you speaking faith-filled words uh, or are you speaking fear-filled words? Uh, I'm telling you, miracles still happen uh, and I'm getting my miracle today and I'm speaking faith and not fear. Woo! I feel the power of the Holy Spirit in this house today. I read a, I read a study not too long ago that said optimistic, faith-filled people are generally happier, healthier, and wealthier than those that are not. <laughs> So, so think, think about that. Proverbs 15 and 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stirs up anger. So words create worlds. What kind of worlds are your words creating? Now, when our oldest boy, who is now 49 years old, am I really that old? So 49 years ago, he was about six weeks old, and we lived in a little house. I was assisting my dad 
we were, we were surviving on next to nothing. My dad, when I went to work for him, told me, if you go to work for me as my assistant pastor, I'm going to see that you know how to sacrifice. And when I got my first check, I knew he meant business. We lived in a little house next door to the church. It was up on blocks. It was uh, one of these uh, old-style, typical Louisiana uh, houses, almost a little shotgun-type house. Uh, it had been built before they were putting too many bathrooms inside of houses, so it had been built without a bathroom, a little two-bedroom house. They had added a little lean-to porch on the back, and it had a little bathroom. Now, that house would shake when we walked across because it was just on blocks and wasn't too sturdy. It wasn't much of a house, but it was something to live in. And so Paula had put our six-week-old boy to bed, and then she had done some things, and then she had gone to bed. And I was sitting there reading an enthralling book, and I was just locked in. I was sitting on our couch that had uh, three bricks and one leg. Anybody ever had a couch like that? So I was sitting there on that couch, and the man in the book said this. He said, you got to get up every morning the right way. And he said, this is the way I get up. He said, every morning. He said, well, every evening, he said, I, I set my alarm for bright and early the next morning. I go to bed. And he said, when the alarm rings, he said, I reach over and slap the alarm. I throw the covers back. I leap out of bed. And he said, as soon as my feet hit the floor, I throw both hands in the air. And I scream at the top of my lungs, I believe, three times. And he said, I scream it three times, and what I'm saying is I believe in God. I believe this is the day that God has made. I believe God's given me this day. I believe this is going to be a great day, and I believe God's going to do great things in me this day. Pastor, I said, yes, I'm going to do this. So I went into the one of those, we had a little bedroom and another bedroom right next to it, a door opened into the other bedroom right next to it, and that was the only two bedrooms we had, and I checked on Jonathan, he was in his cradle asleep, and I went into our room, it was all dark, and, and I set the alarm, and uh, I knew how I was going to get up the next morning, I only made one mistake, I forgot to tell Paula. And so the next morning, bright and early, the alarm went off. I reached over and slapped the alarm. I remembered. I threw back the covers. I leaped out of bed. And as soon as my feet hit the floor, I threw both hands in the air. And I screamed at the top of my lungs, I believe. And I only got the ah. Of the second I believe out, and two more feet hit the floor. And that pretty little girl, through those flashing brown eyes, looked at me and said, I don't know what you believe, but I know if you don't hush your mouth, you're going to wake our newborn baby up. And I looked into her eyes in a world that I did not want to create. And so, I still get up that way. I've just, I've, I've just adjusted it. I quietly throw my hands up. 
And I quietly say, I believe. Because I believe that this is the day that God has made. And I believe that God is going to do something in me. And I believe that you're here today by no accident. I believe that God ordained in his divine will for you to be here. Because miracles still happen. And God's ready to do a miracle in your life this morning. Words create worlds. God set the tone. God, God gave us the example in, in the third verse of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1 verse 3. Watch this close. He was showing us the power of the spoken word. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God said, and there was, verse 6, and God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide. Verse 9, and God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let dry land appear, and it was so. Do you see that? And God said, and it was so. Verse 11, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass, and it was so. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament. Verse, that's verse 14. Verse 20, and God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly. Verse 24, God, and God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, the cattle, creeping thing, and beast of the earth, and it was so. And God said, and it was so. I'm preaching to somebody right now. You need to begin to speak miracles in your life. You begin need to begin to speak healing. I am healed in the name of Jesus. I am delivered and set free in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. In the, my finances are turning around in the name of Jesus. God's doing powerful things in my family in the name of Jesus. God's bringing deliverance in the name of Jesus. And God said, and it was so. Not only does God teach it in the very beginning of, of the Bible, in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, Hebrews 11:3, through faith we understand, watch this close, that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And God said in his word that he has created you in his image. And that means you need to quit speaking fear and start speaking faith. Quit speaking negativity and start speaking faith. You play into the devil's hands when you say this always happens to me. Uh, that'll never happen. This is so terrible. Terrible things always happen. I challenge that thought in your mind. You are a creation of God. You are a child of God. And right now you need to begin to speak and say I'm a child of God. God created me. God doesn't make junk nor does he sponsor flops. God's doing something powerful in my life. Words create worlds and miracles still happen. David knew the power of words. He refused to let his words and his thoughts create a negative world for him. In Psalm 19, 14, David said, let the words of my mouth 
and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. And then watch what he says. Oh, Lord, my strength, my redeemer, although I'm in trouble right now, you're still my Lord. You're still my strength. You're still my redeemer. Lord, I don't understand why this is going on in my life, but I know you're my Lord. I know you're my strength, and I know you're my redeemer. I know that you're going to take care of me. I know that you're going to take care of my family. I know you're going to take care of my health. I know you're going to take care of my situation. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 37, For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Psychologists tell us that we have two main memory files in our brain. Every one of us have that. There's a failure file that catalogs every failure, every time we didn't make it, every time we didn't measure up, all the times we let ourselves down or let someone else down. And there's also a success file. And that categorizes all the successes in our life, all the times that we made it, all the times we we came through. And here's what they say. Your life. And the outlook on your life is dependent on which file you go back to. So I'm asking somebody today, which file are you accessing? I was just a little tyke. I don't know how old. My dad was a church planter in Albuquerque, New Mexico. He worked uh, downtown selling shoes. At Givens Brothers Shoe Store. And I was at home there with my mom. And somebody had given us a little piece of a bicycle. It wasn't much. It was old. And it had, uh, it didn't have tires that, that had air in them. They were solid rubber tires. And the rubber was even eaten out of the middle of, of most of them. But it was a bike. And I wanted to learn how to ride a bike. And my mama was teaching me how. And we were out in the yard. And she was behind me, pushing me. And I was on that bicycle pedaling. And I was having a great time. I was talking to mom. You know, back then, uh, Pastor, I don't even know back then if they even had training wheels. I didn't. And uh, now, bear in mind, I may not be that old. But uh, no, I'm old. But anyway, anyway, I look in the mirror and say, Where'd that old man come from? But I, I'm, I'm, I'm pedaling that bike. I'm talking to mom. She's talking to me. And then I ask a question, and mother does not answer. And I ask it a little louder, and she does not answer. And I ask it a little bit louder, and she does not answer. And I turn around and panic and look, and she's way back there. And I'm pedaling this bicycle. And I say, wow, I'm riding a bike. And she hollers, look out, Mark. And I crash right into a tree. And I cry, and she takes me inside and, and, and puts some Band-Aids and Mercurochrome on and so forth. And, and, but let me tell you, nowadays, when my grandbabies say, Poppy, would you ride bicycles with us around the lake? I never even think of that, of, of that negative file. 
I never even think of all the wrecks I had as a kid on a bicycle. But all I think is I can do this with my grandbabies uh, because I know how to ride a bike. Uh, I'm preaching to somebody right now. You got to get that negativity out of your mind. I'm preaching to somebody right now. God's getting ready to heal you. God's getting ready to deliver you. God's getting ready to do something powerful in your life. Are you hearing me preach? Right now. And let me just, I, I just feel like, I just feel like telling somebody this. Today you need to experience the miracle of forgiveness. I don't know, God just quickened me. I'm preaching to somebody right now. You need to forgive somebody. Well, they have never asked me for forgiveness. They may never ask you for forgiveness. But there's a miracle in forgiving. Because right now, if you can just say, you know what? I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not okay in what they did to me. I, I'm not letting them off the hook for what they did to me. I, I'm not saying that's all right. But I am saying before God, God, I forgive them. I forgive them because I want to be set free. And you know what's going to happen when you do that? You're going to come out of prison. You're going to be set free from that prison cell. You're going to be set free from that bitterness. There's a miracle in forgiveness. Jeremy was seven or eight years old. He's my, our youngest boy. He's 46 now. We were church planners in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, raising up a church. And we'd moved out of that little trailer that had bullet holes in it. And I don't have time to go into that right now. But we'd moved into it. We'd, we'd sold it and bought a house, about an 1,800-square-foot house. And Paula was, was baking one day. And she didn't realize that Jeremy was there in the room. And she was getting a little frustrated. Things weren't going right. And then she realized that a major ingredient she'd forgotten to buy at the store. And she threw her hands up in the air. And she said, oh, I quit. And she heard Jeremy say, mother, mother. She turned around and said, Jeremy, what do you want? said, Mother, remember, don't ever forget, fosters never quit. And pastor, when I got home and she told me that story that day, I said, yes, our training is coming through. They're being raised in positivity and not negativity. They're being raised believing God can do something great in spite of our circumstances. I'm preaching to somebody, you may be in your deepest valley. You may be walking through your darkest night. You may be climbing your highest mountain. But my God, Jesus Christ, the scripture says the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the same God that delivered you yesterday or last year. He's going to deliver you beginning now. There are miracles in the house. Miracles still happen. Words create worlds. In, I guess it must have been 2011. I got the phone call 
And the doctor said, you still have cancer. I know we treated it six years ago. Thought we got it, but we didn't get it. I need you driving every three months to Houston. This was, the doctor was in Atlanta. He said, Houston's closer. Go to Houston, and we're going to put you on a cancer watch every three months. And two years later, or maybe three years later, I guess, they found it. I didn't like the options that they gave me. And I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look. So I, I began to look everywhere. I talked to doctors in, in 10 different states. And finally, finally, I settled. And I, I found a doctor in Rochester, Minnesota at Mayo Clinic. But every day I was praying. Every day I was declaring scripture. Every day I was saying, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Psalm 23. I was saying I'm not here to stay in the in the in death valley, in the valley of the shadow of death, but I'm walking through the valley. You're with me, God. I'm preaching to somebody right now. It's not time to give in, give out, give up, or give over, but it's time to say I'm going through. I'm in a valley, but I'm going through. Do, do you hear me? My key scripture. During that time was Psalm 118, 17. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. I quoted that scripture every day. I got up every day, and I went out on the back patio, and I looked at the lake, and I threw my hands up in the air, and I said, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of God. Is anybody hearing me? Is anybody hearing me? My, my, my song was taken, my song during that time, my theme song was taken from that scripture. I will live, I will not die, the resurrection power of Christ alive in me. And I am free in Jesus' name. I will live, I will not die. I will declare and lift you high. Christ revealed and I am healed in Jesus' name. 2015, I heard for the first time in 11 years, I heard the words cancer free. Miracles still happen. I'm preaching to somebody. Miracles still happen. I'm preaching to somebody. God's got your miracle. I'm preaching to somebody. Words create worlds. Is anybody hearing me preach right now? Yes, yes, yes. And that was 2015. And fast forward to 2023. The first week of this month, Paul and I were back in Rochester, Minnesota at Mayo Clinic to see my doctor and have my annual cancer MRI and checkup. And I heard the words again, Mark, you're still cancer free. 
I will live. I will not die. Somebody needs to make a declaration today. Somebody needs to say words create worlds. And I'm going to let my words create the right world. Our musicians are coming right now. There's power in declaration. I pray every day and I pray the word every day. I declare every day. And if you don't, it's something you need to start doing. I declare when I get up. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I declare this is going to be a great day. God made this day. God's doing something powerful in my life this day. I live that way. And so, let's stand together right now. And here's some declarations. Miracles still happen. Want your miracle, you need to start speaking it. Words create worlds. So I'm declaring Deuteronomy 28 and 3. I am the head and not the tail. I will be above only and I won't be beneath. Isaiah 57, 14, 54, 17, I'm declaring, no weapon, do you hear me, devil? No weapon that is ever formed against me is ever going to prosper. 1 John 4 and 4, I have overcome because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Colossians 1.13, Satan has no power over me. I've been delivered from the power of darkness. You need to reach out and grasp a hold of something. Jeremiah 29.11, I declare God has plans to prosper me and give me a hope and a future. Ephesians 1, 3, and 4, God has blessed me with all spiritual blessings and he's chosen me. Psalm 68.19, I declare that the Lord daily loads me with benefits. Uh, I declare that his mercy endures forever. Deuteronomy 28, I declare I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the country. I declare I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. Nehemiah 8, I declare the joy of the Lord is my strength. Uh, Philippians 2.13, I declare that God works in me. Philippians 2, 14 and 15, I don't grumble, I don't complain, I declare I'm a child of God. Woo! Oh, I feel the power of the Holy Ghost. I said, I feel the power of the Holy Ghost. So whatever your need is, whatever your need is right now, whatever miracle you need in your life, in your family, in your finances, in your health, in your healing, in, in, in your relationships, in your emotions, whatever that is, I want you to step out real quick. We've already got some down here. Some's already come. Just step out from all over this building real quick and just bring it down here and say, Lord, I'm receiving. I'm receiving my miracle today. Words uh, create worlds, uh, and I'm speaking faith and not fear. Push in close. There, there's a lot of folks coming. 
pushing close. Uh, now lift those hands right now and begin to say, Lord, I declare my miracle. Miracles still happen in my life, in my home, in my family, in my career, on my job, in the university, in the, in the school. That's it. Reach on out. God's doing something powerful right now. Yes, 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 yes. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Share this message with a friend and don't forget to hit subscribe. See you next time.